On today's episode of the Drive-In Podcast, we have the Express Checkup with Dr. O. We have our massive trailer roundup, and then we have our Sopranos top billing in preparation for the many saints of Newark. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy the 56th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada big, bada boom. The driving podcast is back. Episode fifty six. This is Dr. Rowan. and I'm joined by Nez and Ricky Flicks this week. Boys, Many Saints of Newark coming out. Our first ever episode, I think, without a review. How psyched are you boys to see Michael Gandolfini taking up his father's mantle? Nez. I'm so excited. Uh, I cannot wait to check out this movie. I just finished The Sopranos about two weeks ago. Um, so this is just amazing timing for me. having just finished the series. Now I get a, a prequel movie. Uh, other people have been waiting for this for like 10 years, maybe more. I don't know. I can't remember when it ended, maybe more than 10 years. So the fact that we're, I'm getting this, I feel very blessed, very spoiled. Um, a little worried. I, it's, is this Michael Gandolfini's first acting role? I believe so. Yeah. Ricky Flex, is that true? Yes. So I'm a little worried about that, but you know, if it's hereditary, you know, if it comes in, if it's in his genes, then and he can you know get be anything close to what uh james gandolfini was i think we'll be okay it's in the blood it's in the blood so i'm like i've seen the reviews so far what i've read if you are a sopranos fan the many scenes of newark is a 15 out of 10 it's that good just because it's like a pleasurable experience so it pays homage to homage to the series but also stands alone it's just a great gangster film flex how pumped are you I'm incredibly pumped. I just, uh, I'm watching The Sopranos right now leading up to it. I'm not going to finish it for the, I, I believe it's my third or fourth time watching it now. I'm not going to finish it uh, up until the release of the movie, but I just watched Untold Crime and Penalties. And that was pretty crazy. I had some correlation with The Sopranos. So that was, it was a great documentary on Netflix. Highly recommend. But yes, I'm very pumped. And that one just had a great correlation to it. Make me even more pumped. Is that the Rico case one with Rudy Giuliani? No, that's the one about the Danbury Trashers, the hockey oh, team. Oh, oh okay. I heard that's really good, actually. Yeah. So good. It's so good. It's basically like the real-life Tony Soprano. Like, uh, in the beginning of the documentary, they're giving background on, like, the mobster. I forget his name, but it's, like, Jimmy something. And... He was saying how, or they were showing an autograph of James Gandolfini and it was signed, like personalized to the gangster saying the true, uh, the real life Tony Soprano. Wow. All the correlation, like he's in the waste management business. His son's name's AJ. Like it was just too Hmm. perfect. That's crazy. Sounds like a must review potential doc talk for the show. Yeah. They own the hockey team in uh, Danbury, right? That guy did. And he had his son play for the hockey team even though he wasn't good enough to be playing uh it was uh no but i don't want to spoil oh, anything. I, th- I thought that was the story okay it's, it's right, close right, sorry but uh i highly recommend i don't want to spoil it even though it's like a true story you can look it up 
because I, I knew that the team had, like there was a team, but I didn't know any of the background to it. And it was so entertaining. Like I watched the untold one about the Pacers uh, Pistons fight. And that was awesome. But this one was better. And this one like didn't have nearly the star power. So it's this untold. It's, it's just a doc series that Netflix has going. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a documentary series that they're doing. They did that one. They did this one and they've done a couple others, I think, but these, those are the only two I've seen. Gotcha. But All the right. court, but the, the hints at the Sopranos got me even more juiced up for the movie Madison to New York coming up. So very excited. What a lead in. Okay. So the, the here's the deal today. So we have a really short checkup. Uh, Ricky Flix and I, we started to do a checkup. We're going to start doing it three times a week, including the episode. So we released one on Monday. We're going to release one on Friday. And then we got an episode this Wednesday. So it kind of shortens it up. We get to our trailers. We get to more of our reviews and get to have more fun during our drafts. So I think it's a good deal for the listeners and for us. But I do want to talk about a bunch of trailers that came out, boys. You ready to hear all these trailers? Mm-hmm. So we had one for The Tragedy of Macbeth starring Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand, currently sits at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes after about 20 reviews. Uh, we, it's directed by Joel Cohen, one half of the Cohen brothers. We also had American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. We got a trailer of Zachary Levi and Anna Packin, all right? Uh, chronically, obviously, the quarterback, Kurt Warner, who went from stocking shelves at a supermarket to become, becoming a two-time NFL MVP, Right, it's coming out on Christmas, which is pretty on point. If you actually watched the trailer and you saw, like, a, it's like a, basically a Christian movie. Uh, we also had Spencer, where you have probably Kristen Stewart as the lead candidate or the lead option for Best Actress at the Oscars. That's getting a lot of hype. Army of Thieves, which is a spinoff to Zack Snyder's uh, Army of the Dead for Netflix, which is coming out very soon. I feel like we just saw Army of the Dead. We got an Extraction 2 teaser featuring Chris Hemsworth after I thought he died at the end of the first Extraction. Somehow he's alive. And then we had The Harder They Fall Today from Netflix, an all-black cast Western featuring uh, Regina King, Idris Elba, Jonathan Majors, Keith Stanfield, and Zazie Beetz. What a cast. And then lastly, we had the new Paul Thomas Anderson trailer debut yesterday. We're recording on Tuesday, Licorice Pizza. Right. And it's starring yet another famous actor's son. We talked about Many Saints in Newark with Michael Gandolfini. Here we're getting Philip Seymour Hoffman's son uh, starring in the 70s era teen romance. Uh, it's also starring Alana Han, uh, Bradley Cooper, Benny Safdie, and Sean Penn. Boys, where do we want to start? Flicks. Which one grab your attention most? I, I feel like it's going to be PTA. Yeah, of course. Of course. PTA, Licorice Pizza. Bradley Cooper looks like he's going to steal this movie. He looks like he's going to steal this movie. He's a maniac. Absolute maniac. He, he stole a show in the trailer, smashing the car uh, rear view uh, mirrors. Then he also is talking about how he dates Barbara Streisand. And Sand. Pronoun- exactly. Yeah. Pronouncing it correctly. And also just after that, then you get little, you got a one little still Benny Safty, maybe as a politician, like what is he doing there? And then you it's basically the Cooper Hoffman and uh, Alana Ham, whatever, how you pronounce it, show throughout the rest of the trailer. And PTA looks like he's doing something similar to Boogie Nights, San Fernando Valley, 70s. Like, they're just, he just looks like he's having fun with this movie, but also he's going for the awards here. So this is going to be fun to see, see what's going to make of it. Looking forward to it the most. I'm a little concerned that we saw a very minimal Bradley Cooper in this trailer. I have a feeling he's only in like 15 minutes of this movie. 
he was in two scenes of the trailer. One was a one-on-one with Cooper Hoffman, and the other one was him just going crazy. I have a feeling this could be a cameo a la Matthew McConaughey in The Wolf of Wall Street. It, but still still going to steal the show. He yes, did, he, that's he, what McConaughey did. Yeah, yeah. He did right? show up in two separate scenes, though, and I know it's the yeah. same thing as McConaughey, but I don't know. Like, It's Bradley Cooper in this movie. He's probably the biggest name except Sean Penn that was in the trailer now. They got to have more than just 15 minutes of them. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it looks like it's a coming of age story about a child actor, right? Who has some friends because like he's working with these child actors. And so I think that's where the focus is going to be. Honestly, sure. if, I, if I was just judging from the trailer, because I know we're getting Michael Gandolfini, as I said before, and Cooper Hoffman. Cooper, if I did compare trailers, who looked better? Cooper Hoffman looks like he's going to be able to carry this movie. Like he looks like he's going to get a heavy load here and he looks like he's a he knows what he's doing, you know? I mm-hmm. wasn't exactly sold on Michael Gandolfini. Yes, he has the menacing look that Tony Soprano's had, Tony Soprano has, but we didn't get much dialogue from him in the trailer. There we get a lot of heavy Cooper Hoffman here. I think he he looks good along with Alana Ham. I think I believe Alana Ham's a singer. If I if I if I the Ham like H A H A I M, right? Ham. That's a that's a that's a, that's a performing group, right? Like her and her sister? I know nothing. I will do some research on that, but I'm it's almost positive. I'm almost positive. So, and Benny Safdie, you only got like a sneak peek at him. Sean Penn, I'm glad he's actually doing quality movies again. When's the last time we saw Sean Penn do a quality movie? Secret so, Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> yes. He's actually, I like him in that movie. Yeah, I like I, him in that movie. Decent movie. Yeah, from a little while back. But that has me excited. Uh, so I don't know if we get, it almost feels like you mentioned Boogie Nights. It, it's like a, it almost looks like a prequel to Boogie Nights in a way. I thought the song from the trailer was fire. Yeah, it'd be hilarious if like Cooper Hoffman's a child actor, turns out like grows up, ends up becoming his like dad in Boogie Nights. Oh, and, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Let's not do that. I don't think that, I don't know. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. But uh, yeah, I'm fascinated by Licorice Pizza, the name too. Song was fire in the trailer. I'm going to download on my Spotify ASAP. Almost had also the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood type of vibe to it. Too. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. And the only other thing I would say from this trailer, which was interesting, is that they mentioned Barbara Streisand and how John Peters, Bradley Cooper's character, dates her. And how Bradley Cooper obviously starred in A Star is Born in 2018. Barbara Streisand also starred in her version of A Star is Born. Uh-huh. And who produced produced that version? John Peters, Bradley Cooper's character in this. Just. Mm-hmm. It was very nice. Maybe that's the reason why the initial thought was, or PTA's initial thought was to cast Bradley Cooper for this part. Maybe that was because of that connection. Maybe that's the reason, but just very interesting. Nice little tidbit there. Man, I, I really hope that it's not, um, that's not a minimal role, even though like, scaring still, me a little I, bit. I, like, I, like, I, I really, I really do have a feeling it's going to be, this is going to be like a breakout role for like the, the lead, the two male and female leads. Bradley Cooper still could get a nomination. He could pull like a Maharshala Ali where he play, he's in 20 minutes of the movie and somehow still like pulls out an Oscar. I like that wouldn't be shocked by that either. You know, um, pulling me back in. Yeah. What are you going to say? Nez? Can we talk uh, harder? They fall. Oh, big time. Yeah. Let's go. for yeah. it. Yeah, that looks that looks really solid. Mm-hmm. And you know my bo- my boys in it, so you know I'm you know I'm watching that one. Um, Nez, you know who produces mo- produces this movie. No, Sean Carter. Are you Jay Z? Jay Z no produced way. this movie. Yes, he did. Oh wait, I think I saw something about that. Jay Z and who else? Some, one other person, right? Uh, or so, somebody else. 
Uh, I don't remember the, I just, I just remember seeing the trailer, Sean Carter, the name popped in my face. Like, Oh, bang. But there was a name with it associated. Uh, It's probably someone closely related in the music industry had a great, had great music in the trailer too. Once again, I mean, this is like the star, this is so star studded. If you look at Lakeith Stanfield, Oscar nominee, Mm -hmm. you have Regina King, Oscar winner, Idris Elba is Idris Elba. Jonathan Majors, one of the most like promising like under thirty five actors going right now, looking like the, like he may be the next big bad in the MCU. And Zazie Beetz is one of, also one of the under thirty actress that is just taking the world by storm. So this seems like it's gonna it has an interesting synopsis. Uh, it's where an outlaw discovers his enemy is being released from prison. He reunites his gang to seek revenge. I guess it's not that unique, but I like how it has this like togetherness atmosphere. It's almost like a Magnificent Seven, but black version you know yeah with black cast uh yeah i agree with that i definitely like the scene with idris elba like walking out uh on the train that's like one of those scenes in a trailer where you're like wow that's gonna be like the scene one of the scenes of the movie but you wish you didn't see it in the trailer mm-hmm. and especially with the song the song was awesome with it i just wish like i was like i say this all the time just this trailer is giving out too much i wish i just saw that for the first time while seeing the movie but now I'm really, but it gets you really excited for the movie. So the trailer did its job. So I guess just like you, like the pros and cons of a good trailer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like these days trailers give away just a little bit too much, but big time. And like seeing a Jonathan Majors and Idris Elba like standoff, I think it's going to be electric. Yeah, that's that's going to be an awesome scene. It's like, yeah, so you got the old vet in Idris Elba, the young gun with Jonathan Majors. That's going to be Very cool. amazing. And you look like you might have a little relationship going on with uh, Regina King and Idris Elba too, which is kind of, that's fascinating. I didn't see that one coming. So uh, we'll other trailers here. I think we got to talk about uh, Spencer a little bit. Princess Diana. This movie looks like it's going to win a hundred Oscars by the look of it. And it's going to, it might bore me to death, but like they really overdid Princess Diana driving in a car, just reminding you how she died like throughout the yeah. entire trailer. I'm the just entire like, dude, time. just like grip that your emotions. And she's like on a winding road, she's her like, hair's whipping in the and whipping through. And I'm just like, Jesus, like, can we not do this? Like throughout the entire thing. Yeah. But I also, I'm compelled by some of the scenes with um, Prince Andrew, right? Andrew is, uh, shoot, what's his name? Did I get it right? Not Andrew's the bad one. Uh, I'm lost. Who's her husband? Who'd she marry? Uh, Princess Diana. She divorced him. It's not Andrew. Terrible history. Uh, British royal history. Oh, I mean, my God. We're going to get murdered for this. Really not. You brought it up. <laughs> I know, but no one else does. Charles. You're the history Charles. guy. Charles. Yes, but I don't <laughs> study like the 1990s like whatever but it's charles we we, we knew that prince of wales it's yeah. charles i said yeah. andrew andrew is like that's like epstein stuff i shouldn't have said that yeah. oh. <laughs> that was bad <laughs> no but prince no but like you have like the uh intense scene between those two right you see some infidelity going on like then you have uh queen elizabeth like being disappointed mm-hmm. you want to know what her role is going to be in this but i think it's pretty clear it almost feels like chris stewart has won an oscar before the movies even come out yeah, it's kind of uh, obviously the trailer didn't give me vibes uh, for what I'm about to say, but what you just said about like the Oscar thing, I felt the same thing with Joker and Joaquin. Like it's already an Oscar nom uh, given out to Joaquin uh, after seeing the trailer, mm-hmm. and I feel the same thing here at, uh, with Spencer and Kristen Stewart. Um, but she does look like she killed it. Same thing as Joaquin. You can just tell that she just went all out and it worked and it panned out for her here. So I'm really looking forward to this film. It does look like. It might be a snooze fest, though. 
but the, yeah. it might just be an actor. Yeah. You know, it's similar to Jackie, Natalie Portman, like similar thing, like where you saw same that director. Trip. Yeah, same director. Um, but yeah, you knew she was going to get like highly critically acclaimed for that. But the movie itself, like not necessarily the most exciting movie. Um, so <laughs> Prince Charles. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's what I'll say on that. And yeah, this is a complete shadow right now. Look at him. <laughs> he's like, staying out like, of this. I don't even know if he's actually here. That might just be a cutout board of like, I don't know. It just looks like he's just in the complete shadows. There he is. There he is. <laughs> Sorry, Ricky Flex, I interrupted you. But just, it was like, it was, it was, that was great cinematography on our part. Yes, that was a YouTube that did that, made Nez look like that. So uh, thank you to the listeners. I guess I'll, I'll say this again, uh, say this too, is that it, come out, it comes out at such an interesting time, like post uh, Megan and Prince Henry like debacle going on there harry harry, the harry 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 i said henry uh harry andrew yikes uh harry <laughs> harry and megan uh post this whole thing going on right now like they're doing like netflix and uh sh- shows and podcasts and everything so it just comes out at such an interesting time for the royal family themselves so they're going to get the views here no matter uh, even more so now uh with this movie than say before the whole debacle going on with harry and Megan and I like it's got to talk about it's gonna like it seems like a big part of this movie is like the public fascination with Princess Diana when she was alive mm-hmm. and that's like I think I can already see like the reviews with comparisons to Meghan Markle and Harry right. how it's like taken their life by storm and how it's like overwhelmed them to and on a similar sense how it did to Princess Diana especially when she's living through so much pain it looks like in this trailer uh but yeah it looks like it's gonna be boring but it looks like the acting's gonna be amazing and there's gonna be a lot of crying and it's gonna be sad you know it's just what it's gonna be um but i'll watch it no doubt um thermometer? lastly uh, to oh we should do a thermometer predictor i guess i think the performance will be better than the movie so personally i'm gonna go with an 89 percent on rotten tomatoes performance will win an oscar i agree oscar nom performance better than the movie 76 wow 76 Naz, any guesses here i'm probably not gonna watch it so i'm just gonna sit this one out <laughs> but, but if, if what let's say it becomes a best picture winner then like you might have to check it out then i might have to watch it like we might have to review it if we don't review it, we're gonna review it all right i don't know um 83 83 all right solid watch that be right too yeah uh, and I hope Freddie Mercury makes a uh, so maybe Rami Malek makes a cameo in this because Princess Diana had a <laughs> he had a like a relationship with Princess Diana like there's no a story way. That, there's a yeah no not like a no. relationship relationship they're friends no I mean like no way Rami Malek shows up in this movie no I don't think but like wouldn't it be cool it's more of a joke but like now that we're taking it seriously well let's let's talk about it like they hit the bars <laughs> in New York City and then they're just like clubbing right and they're in disguise and like Rami Malek's there going crazy with the muzzy whatever it won't yeah, happen tot- totally gonna happen i don't they had they were they were friends um yeah so i guess I, there's also tragedy Macbeth that also looks like he's gonna like win 100 oscars uh yeah. francis mcdormand people are already saying it's her greatest performance after she just won her like third oscar last wow. year for nomadland but denzel also looks like he's gonna kill it in this role um the trailer we got it was very intense black and white Dark and looming, obviously a very dark story. If you have ever read the ever read the Shakespeare play or seen the Shakespeare play, and this has been redone so many times, I just want to see how this one's different from anything that's previously uh, been adapted. Right? 
Yeah, that's the big thing to look for is how is it different? That's going to be the thing to watch. And also just, I, th- I think the biggest thing is that you have Denzel and Francis McDormand as the leads instead of the other adaptations where not necessarily as high profile or the highly critically acclaimed as these two actors are. So we'll be interested to see. And also uh, Joel Cohen, Joe Cohen's directing this different type of director direct and he hasn't really done too many movies like tragedy and Macbeth. So it's going to be interesting to see his spin on it. That's, that's fascinating. That's only one half of the Cohen brothers. And it kind of like, I don't know how it's going to be different. It looks like it's based in like the same time period as like the actual play just by looking at it. So I don't know how it could be that much different. I think I know like, this is also a more high profile version of Macbeth. It's been redone so many times. Michael Fassbender did a version back in like 2015 that apparently is amazing. It's just, no one's seen it. It didn't get a wide release. This is actually going to get a wide release. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not going to do much numbers. Although you have like the uh, Denzel factor, then you have the Francis McDormand, like and then we have two Oscar winners. So it might do a little bit of damage, but I mean, it's still, it's a black and white movie. Looks like it's going to be an It looks like Oscar bait. So it's going to, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be minimal box office returns. And Joe Cohen, like married to Francis McDormand, like seeing Francis McDormand with Denzel directing tragedy of Macbeth, like all time story, Shakespearean story. Like that's such an interesting uh, dynamic with this uh, movie as well. So definitely going to put their heart and soul into this one. Um, I, I also want to talk about army of thieves, the spinoff to army of the dead. Like, did they make this movie in a month? Like literally, did they make it in a month? It kind of looks like it is. It kind of really does look like it. It's the same goddamn story as army of the dead. They're doing a bank heist, aren't they? A bunch of them, right? They're doing a bank heist. It's just at an earlier time of the zombie apocalypse. It looks like the same thing. Yeah. It's a prequel. Yes, but like, I mean, the Sopranos prequel, it doesn't have the same exact story, probably. And we already know, mm-hmm. kind of know the story, but it's not the same exact story as like the uh, entire series of the Sopranos. Like you got to vary it a little bit. Yeah, and you already know what happens at the end because in the intro to Zombie uh, of uh, Zack Snyder's The uh, Army of the Dead, you know like how he got recruited from this story. So you already know what happens at the end of this movie. That's like the downfall of a prequel, I guess. Like we probably know, but that's the thing about the Sopranos. Like you, you, you're not really introducing any new characters, but you're going to find out more about Dickie Moltisanti, like stuff you didn't know about him before. There's no real mystery to this one. Cause like, first of all, there's no names attached to this project that I know and that I care about. You know, I think Natalie Emmanuel, is she in this one? Ricky Flex, do you know? From Game of Thrones? Yes, she's in it. And she's like the love interest slash leader. Of the right. Group. She's the only one I recognize, but everyone's just like, other random actors kind of similar to army of the dead other than dave bautista so i can't say i'm looking forward to it to be honest yeah i actually am i i'm looking forward just to watch it but i'm not looking forward to actually like i can't like many since new york i've been waiting for that movie forever i'm not waiting for an army of the uh, army of the dead prequel right and to kind of like to kind of like wrap up the checkup i mean the trailer roundup here ness did you happen to catch the kurt warner trailer that came out i haven't seen the trailer now so what I can say is Zachary Levi's throwing technique has improved a little bit from the first 
time we saw the trailer, the teaser, whatever, the behind the scenes, he looked terrible in the first one. It looked like he had never thrown a football. I couldn't tell if he was right-handed or left-handed by the way he was throwing. But this one, it was a little smoother. It had the Kurt, like Kurt Warner, like fluid motion. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's loosey-goosey with it. So it was like kind of matching it. But I'm really nervous. Like, I, I don't even know if I'll watch this movie, to be honest, which is sad because he is such a great story. But they've kind of made it so it's like all about like God and it's going to be very like – I don't know. People, I, I feel like it's going to be super corny and the acting is going to be very. If Dennis Quaid's guess, in a movie right respect. now, it's going to be suspect. Yeah. He's, he's reached the end of the line in his career where now he's just doing paychecks and he's making movies where he's like meeting his dog that's gone through like many different variations of a dog. Like that movie. Remember that one? Like yeah. I just, any movie he's in right now. That's something I'm not going to watch. This one, I feel like we have to watch just because Zachary Levi Shazam's in it and it's Kurt Warner and we're sports fans. I personally find Zachary Levi a little suspect. Like, I don't think he's very good. Like, yeah. I, even in Shazam, I don't Being think he's great in that movie. Like, he's not exactly, I don't even know what he is. I just don't enjoy seeing him on screen. I don't think he has that magnetism that mm-hmm. other superhero actors do do and i think that's why it's a part of the reason i didn't like shazam maybe it's because like you might have it might have been a little corny he was playing a kid a 12 year old like a man in a 12 year, like 12 year old in a man's body yeah and he's got that puff suit it's just I, I had a hard time taking him seriously and what else has he done to be honest to credit yeah he's done chuck like why else should i like think he's gonna deliver a good movie you know yeah he's gotta prove it he's Such just got like man. the haircut for kurt warner so that's why he got the role to be honest <laughs> it's like he's the hair like a straight up all right uh any other trailers we want to talk about, boys? Anything else we want to cover? No, nah, let's get to the Sopranos. Let's get to the Sopranos. Let's get to top billing. Let's get to this Many Saints of Newark preview. Okay. Many Saints of Newark preview. Sopranos top billing. What we're going to do here, um, we're going to kind of go through our own little preview in terms of the like, questions we have, in terms of what we, wanna, we, what we want to see and what our expectations for the movie. I quickly want to run through uh, the list of characters from The Sopranos that are returning, confirmed, that are cast, okay, with very notable names, might I add. So I want to go through these names, and then I want to like, pose a question to Nez and Ricky Flex, which one are you most uh, looking forward to seeing, right? Which one has you most, uh, you're craving at the bits, right? To see this new prequel. So we have Corrado Soprano, AKA Junior Soprano, played by Corey Stoll. You have Liv Soprano, right? The infamous mother of Tony Soprano, played by Vera Farmiga. You have Johnny Boy Soprano, played by John Bernthal. You have Dickie Moltisanti, played by Alessandro Nivolo. You have Polly Gaultieri, Polly Walnuts, played by Billy Magnuson. You have Silvio Dante, played by John Magaro. You have Jackie Aprile. Uh, you have Big Pussy. You have Janice Soprano. You have Michael Gandolfini playing Tony Soprano. Boys, what are we most looking forward to seeing? Nez, kick us off. I think I'm going to go with uh, with Dickie Moltisanti just because I don't think he was not actually in the series, but people talked about him. He was like a legend to everybody that people would talk about. And now we're actually going to get to see the guy that they they had talked about um, in it. And I'd say, can I do a, sec- a close second? Of course. A Corrado Jr. Soprano, a young one. I'm excited to see that too. Him in his prime. I, <laughs> I love Corrado. That. I love me some Jr. Soprano. He's. I love I, it. I think one of the funniest, one of the funniest characters in the show. Best one-liners. 
the best sure. one-liners. You could ask Ricky Flicks yesterday. I was like so pumped that we were doing this review. It was PKO's uh, birthday. So shout out PKO. Happy birthday. But I was just quoting uh, Junior Soprano quote in the, in the car the entire way just because I was so pumped for this draft. And I like I I think Corey Stahl like he has the bald look already. I see you only get a glimpse of him in the trailer, but I'm so psyched to see him. He I don't want to give away like where he ranks in my like Sopranos character, so we're gonna get to the draft. But I agree, Nez, also with your take on Dicky Moltisanti. First of all, we've like almost a no name like an actor I'm not familiar with personally. I'm not sure what he's been in. I know Ricky Flux will probably enlighten us. But Dicky Moltisanti, legend. Christopher tries to live up to who he is. We don't know as much about him, so I think it's genius that he is the lead for this movie, right? Because you're going to get a bunch of nostalgia. If you're going to make Tony the lead, we already know everything about Tony for the most part, right? We know he didn't have the makings of a varsity athlete, but we got to hear more about Dickie Moltisanti, Ricky Flex. Who is Alessandro Navolo? Do you know? He's not, he's not like a well-known actor. He has been in like some big films, such as Face Off, Nick Cage, John Travolta, the 97 movie. Is that old? <laughs> uh well, I don't know how old he is, to be honest, but he's in that. He was in uh, American Hustle in 2013 with uh, Christian Bale, and that star studded cast, Bradley Cooper, who we talked about earlier. But yeah, not very well known, but he will be the lead in this movie. Like many saints, Multisanti translate to many saints. He will be the lead in this movie. And like we talked about here, Dickie Multisanti, he was talked about a lot through the uh, six, seven seasons of The Sopranos. Dealt through similar issues as Christopher, not necessarily the same exact, but very, very similar. So we're going to see some of those during the New York, riot, New York riots in 1967. So very excited to see how they're going to put- no, I'm no, jumping no, back no, in. No, no, Who I'm don't... most excited to see is a Paulie Walnuts, Billy Magnuson, Game Night, unbelievable comic relief in that comedy. I like Billy, Ma- and he's also in The Big Short as one of the mor- the mortgage brokers talking about strippers. I can't wait to see him as Paulie Walnuts. He might steal the show with his comic relief, similar to Paulie Wong that's did in The Sopranos. That's who I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm kind of sorry, sorry, Ness. No, that's a good one. I like that because he he's he was a lot older than uh, Tony Soprano, but he still Tony Soprano, I guess, surpassed him in the ranks. And uh, you know, Paulie Walnuts used to run around with uh, with Tony's dad, so uh, it's going to be interesting to watch that go down. Big time. And you got, I can't wait to see the interaction between him and Silvio. Did they have that relationship already? Right. Maybe we're going to see them like form that like type bond that they have mm-hmm. eventually in the Sopranos and Billy Magnuson. That's kind of a, like, I, I see the casting, right. Cause they're, Paulie Galtieri in the show is a very like eccentric person, very distinct personality. And then we have, Billy Magnuson. He's been like in Aladdin in a very eccentric role. Game night. Right. He's the funny guy. Uh, he's in Boardwalk Empire. This seems like he just doesn't look like Polly Walnuts to me. So it's going to kind of mm-hmm. throws me off. Maybe they're going to darken his hair a little bit. Maybe give him a little bit of the wings, a little bit of gray in the wings, just a little tiny bit. You got to give him some tiny wings. Bit. You got to give him some wings. But, uh, and then John Magaro, he was in Cow, I believe. Uh, that was an A20, was A24 Cow Flex. Do you know I that one? I believe so. Uh, yeah. So he, he, his career's on the up and up. John Bernthal just seems like this is like, of course, John Bernthal is in this movie with the slick back hair. It's perfect. And I can't wait to see uh, Johnny Boy because I didn't like how Johnny Boy was like the actor from the Soprano series. Whenever they did flashbacks, they changed him a couple times, too. It just didn't seem like they were committed to one person playing him. So I don't know. 
I personally, I agree with Naz, Corey Stahl, and then Alessandro Nivola as Dickie Moltisanti. Um, I also just want to jump in here, like John Magara, also in the big short, one of the young guys. Right. But um, I think one of the parts, obviously, Gandolfini, a lot of people are going to be looking out, looking out for that, seeing how he does as young Tony. But I think one mm-hmm. of the things that might make not make or break this movie, but to cement it as being very good, will be uh, Libya Soprano. As in the show, she was so sentiment, uh, uh, so important, so vital in the first two seasons with her relationships with Junior, with Tony, uh, with Carmela. And here you have Vera Farmiga, like phenomenal actress. You had to have someone uh, very, very, uh, very good actress play Olivia. And I think they absolutely hit the nail on the head here. I'm just calling my shot. She's She might just do amazing in this role, and I hope she does. Juicy character for sure. Very juicy character, especially Locked with the rap. Yeah, and like it's amazing. It's gonna be interesting to see because Tony always said that Olivia Soprano had a great relationship, like had a bad relationship with Johnny Boy, like when he was growing up. That's what Tony always said. But Olivia, looking back after Johnny Boy passed away, she looked back and said that like she loved Johnny Boy and that he was a saint. He was a saint, right? Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So I, I can't wait to see like the. Kind of like, because like obviously people are going to like watch this prequel, then watch the the show, and they're going to see like the evolution of this character. Was she always cold hearted? Did she did something happen in her life that turned her into an absolute bitch? Like what happened in her life mm-hmm. that kind of made her switch to that level? So I'm pumped to see that interaction. And then how much time do you think we're going to get with Tony Soprano in this movie? Do you think it's going to be substantial, maybe a secondary character to Dickie Moltisanti? What are your guys' thoughts? I think we see him rob the poker game, right? That ha- they, ha- they have to show that. Oh. They have to show him rob the poker game. If they don't show that, I don't even know. Forget about it. <laughs> Probably a lot more successful than uh, Jackie Jr. <laughs> um. Uh, all right, so The Sopranos is a is a show that has spends about fifty percent of its time either in funeral homes or hospitals. Um, how many funerals do we get during Many Saints of Newark? We got to set an over under two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. I think two and a half is a nice one and a half. One, yeah. Okay, two and a half. So I mean, let's think about who's are we going to see Johnny Boy die? Right? No, he can't. He died Why? when Tony was uh, in nineteen eighty six. Oh, okay. Right. Well, how I don't know how far we're going. He died later. He didn't die when Tony was that young. Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with two. We're gonna, there's gonna be two funerals in the two movie. funerals. Yes, uh, but that's a great point, Ness. I mean, the show is constantly and there's there's constantly funerals. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. Funerals and hospital rooms. They spend so much time. Any therapy that's, sessions? And therapy. If you combine the funerals, the hospital rooms, the therapy sessions, mm-hmm. and bada bing, bada I mean bing. that's seventy five percent of the show right there. <laughs> and Sat- Satri goes restaurant Vesuvio. Vesuvio. Whenever there's Vesuvio. a dinner. Vesuvio. Oh, there is a lot of Vesuvio. Yeah, it's true. I don't think I do. I, how much do I look like Artie Buco today, boys? I can see your hair, so not much. <laughs> if anybody's Artie Buco today, it might be Ricky. Ricky Flex, Artie Buco. You might. Take you're Artie Buco right now. Artie Buco of the day. Why do you guys not hate him so much? I I think he's he's definitely a low tier. He's definitely a low tier character. He's like, he ended up being a lot weird. I I liked him a lot more in the early seasons in the, in the other couple, like the whole stuff with like 
Adrian. Adrian. Oh my god, that was Terrible. so season three. Dude, that him get so like the scene. The lowest point for Artie Bucco was when he get a, he got his butt kicked in the apartment, and then he got his earring ripped out of his head. Ugh. Like that was the low point. And that's where I decided I can't be an Artie Bucco guy. I can't stand by his side after that one. Cannot. And then after he gets absolutely dismissed by the host, yeah, by. Uh, the, was Adriana the host? Like, is yes. it, it was a different host to study. Different host Okay, yeah, yeah. And then Christopher picked her up or something, right? Was it who, someone did? It was a different guy. It was another guy in the mob lower. On the okay, thing. gotcha. Now you, Nez has the fresh memory right now. Fresh yeah, memory. yeah. I'm I'm fresh off, fresh off. Um, so what else is something that you think that we'll see that we might, you know, that they've kind of hinted at in uh, in Sopranos? I, I I'm also curious if there's gonna be any time jump here. Um, I know there's gonna start off as like uh, Tony's gonna be a young kid at some point. I saw someone was cast as a young Tony Soprano, so mm-hmm. I don't know like if it's gonna talk about like the evolution of Junior and Johnny Boy because Junior is always an interesting figure to me because he comes off as such a clown in the show. Mm-hmm. And like, which is fine. A lot of times he's comic relief, and then a lot of times it's like, okay, he's named. Uh, He's named the boss, but it's only because Tony knows he's going to be taken down, right? So it's – I wonder if, like, he ever had an assertive spot well, in this family or if he actually – was he always just the uh, right-hand man to Johnny Boy? That's a great point. And it's like – was he just old in the TV show? Was he just getting older? So, like, if there's older people in general just lose their touch. And when they were younger, does he have that alpha male mentality? Similar to a Corey Stoll in House of Cards when he was in the Pennsylvania senator – that alpha male mentality and obviously we all know what happens with the big ks there but I, I'm, I'm i'm interested to see that but you mentioned clowns what i'm interested in seeing 67 i'm not sure when exactly i think uh this what i'm about to say is a little beforehand but maybe since you said they casted a young tony soprano do we see uh junior and uh, uh tony's dad get arrested at the carnival do yeah we see that we got that I mean, flashback in the show. Ooh, yeah. yeah. True, do, yeah. Do we see another flashback of that, but a different uh, take on it or just the same thing? I don't know. You mentioned they casted a younger Tony. That's something I would like to see. And maybe see Michael yeah. B. Jordan again. <laughs> mm. People forget. Mm. He was in what? He made a cameo. He made a cameo in a flashback scene of the Sopranos. In that, in that in that flashback scene. In that yeah. flashback scene? What is yeah. he doing? He's one of the three kids uh telling uh Tony, young Tony, to pick up the trash he threw on the ground. No way. I had no idea. That's crazy. The more you know. I have something for you. Somebody that I'm interested in seeing uh, a new portrayal of is is uh Silvio Dante, just because I feel like it's really hard to copy what Steve Van Zant did with like the face, the way the way he just looked like that. The way you just mean mugging all the time. But and he can't do any Godfather Al Pacino impressions. Oh, yeah. So, so they're really, I hope they really nail it. And then I guess uh, you guys are going to know this, but somebody dropped this knowledge on me the other day that I had no idea that Steve Van Zant was Bruce Springsteen's bassist. Yeah, E Street Band. I had no idea. I had no idea. That's insane. And he played Silvio Dante on The Sopranos. It's so random. <laughs> There's, yeah, that is, and that's the big thing about Silvio. He might get drafted like in our top billing of like favorite characters. He's definitely one of a fan favorite. But it's just so obvious. Like now that I think about it, because I didn't know that until about a month ago. He like hams it up so much when he's performing. Mm-hmm. Like first, uh, like just when I think I'm out. 
they pull, they pull me, me back, back in. in. And like, he's just like, he just always has that face in like, yeah, Tom, yeah, Tom. Like he always like plays it up so much that it's almost like, yeah, I kind of see that he's not a natural actor, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of guys in the show. Like Polly Walnuts has yeah. the most insane backstory, right? Tony, Tony uh, uh, Siriaco, he was a bouncer at a New York nightclub. He was a, he was a wise guy back in the day. He used to, like, I used, I heard the story that he was, um, Jimi Hendrix used to go to his bar and he would give Jimi Hendrix wedgies and he like literally gave him wedgies. He would, he would, uh, go to other bars and he went to prison because he would steal from the bars and he would basically, uh, jack them. Like he was just like stealing like, like substantial like amounts of money. He was a true, like wise guy. And then he mm. had an appearance in Goodfellas. Right. Like so many of these actors did in the Sopranos. Yes. <laughs> and so that like, like kickstarted his acting career, but he was a true wise guy turned into playing a wise guy. So he's not that much different than he is in real life. You and know? he was Which is nuts. And mm-hmm. he was a Marine in, in real life too. Right. Or I believe like he, so. he was a Marine in both in real life and in the show. And he was on the cover of, ba- it was, uh, I forgot what the name of it was, but it was a, it basically was Playboy for Women. He was on the cover yes. of one of those magazines. Yes, yes, yes. He's, he's lit. He is the most interesting Crazy man story. in the world. Yes. He's gotta be. That's nuts. Uh, he's gotta be still alive. I haven't heard that he's dead or anything. Um, mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I haven't heard anything like that. So hopefully heard. not. Hopefully not. Uh, so. Any last thoughts before we get to our draft, boys? I know we have so much Sopranos ahead of us. One last thing for me is, yes, we all know David Chase, the showrunner of The Sopranos. Yes, he did write this. But what we haven't talked about is the director, Alan Taylor. Alan Taylor, he directed, I believe, nine episodes of The Sopranos. He did, uh, I think, like five or six, maybe seven Game of Thrones episodes. So he's done a lot of work with HBO and he also did work with Deadwood, which was David Chase's show before the Sopranos. And that was critically acclaimed. So basically you're going to get the cinematography, the, the feel of the Sopranos in this for sure. You saw that in the show. And if you had any doubt, just look at the director behind the actual showrunner, the, the writer of this uh, film, David Chase. So no worries for me there. And when you say that, if you, Dr. O, when you said it at the start of this, people that love the show are going to love this. I wholeheartedly agree with that, not just because of David Chase's uh, uh, links with this, obviously, but also with the director directing choice. Right, man. Let's just get to the draft, boys. Let's get to the draft. Let's do it. Um, so, Ricky Flex, spin that wheel. See who's going first, second, and third. I don't think we're gonna be able to top the last one. It's uh, Doctor Three. I want the third pick of this draft. Oh, and it's important to note we're doing best favorite character, least favorite character, uh, least favorite character. We're doing, remind me, Ricky Flicks. Are we doing best, uh, best death? Then we're doing best storyline and then best Tony moment. Yeah. Was that right with those five? Yes. Nez, we're, we're good with those five? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And okay. Nez, you got the pick. Uh, you said you want two. Yep. Okay, that means I have the first pick. Okay. Okay. All right, so just to recap, best character, worst character, best death, best storyline from the show, and best Tony Tony Soprano. Because we're not picking Tony as best character. 
Yes, Tony is not on the board for best character. Got it. Because it's okay. too obvious he's electric. Of course. Who doesn't love Tony Soprano? All right. So I will go first then. I think this is a deep draft, especially with three people. So I'm just going to go with someone I want on my board. Um, my favorite character other than Tony Soprano on the show. And we were just talking about him and it's Paulie Walnuts. He steals the show. He steals every scene. And we talked, I, I even said Junior Soprano has the best wine one liners. I don't know. Paulie Walnuts. Like he has some incredible banter in this show. And you, we just went over his story. And not only that, He's also just very violent. Like Junior might have the one better one-liners, maybe. But also Paul is just like such a great character. Like you think of the woods, like either the woods with the Russian or Czechoslovakian, whatever, or the woods with uh, Mikey Junior's number uh, number two. So I'm going to go Paulie Walnuts, the wingtips man himself as the first pick. Had to be, I guess. Like I think he is like the best supporting character of the show in a lot of people's eyes. Maybe not mine, but like I like I think it's deep in almost every category here. It's all I think it's deep in almost every category. So you almost couldn't go wrong with the first pick unless you picked a subpar character for your number, like uh, your supporting character, right? So uh, great pick. I, I I think I'm the minority when I say. Uh, Julius Soprano had better one-liners, but Paul Wallace is just as funny. Naz, what are you laughing at over there? That was my <laughs> – I was trying to do Paulie's little <laughs> – like his little <laughs> – <laughs> Oh! <laughs> he, uh, he, 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 he also killed that lady, the old lady. Oh, my God. Blood. Just so crazy. Was anyone going to draft that for best death? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was so messed up, dude. That was so bad. That was Paulie. Who's trying Pauly, to rob her? Paulie was absolutely going off the deep end in the last, like, two seasons of the show, whether he was, like, sort of going behind Tony's back at times. And then you have uh, – there's moments where he's, like, he's obviously – it starts off very early on where he has this fear of becoming sick and becoming ill. He's, like uh, – He's like he has a very much a fear of like dying. At, yeah, at mm-hmm. like, uh, and it's they, not, and it's like like through, and it's through like illness. It's not by like getting shot, or it's like not by being a wise guy. He's nervous of just like going to a hospital. Well, yeah, think about it. Like that's like when Christopher was shot um, by the two guys in the lobistic stockbroker. You know, like the two people that wanted to come up. I think season two, um, and Christopher tells Paulie and and Tony like three o'clock three o'clock and paul is just going crazy oh he can't God, sleep yeah. and every time it's three o'clock he goes crazy <laughs> and then he tells christopher you are in hell you're in purgatory <laughs> <laughs> and um another thing the other day so ever since i finished the sopranos i've just been on a, i've been watching their youtube clips like just i just watch them like crazy now whenever i have a chance i've just been watching sopranos clips it's just i can't get enough and the other day it was late i was i was trying to go to bed and i was watching some youtube clips and I don't know why I thought this was a good idea, but I watched the clip of him when he goes into the club by himself and the Virgin Mary just pops up out of nowhere and then disappears. <laughs> How'd you come across that? One of the, it, I just, just like, it was like the next clip. I was like, okay, sure. And then I watched it and then I was like, I can't go to sleep now. That was really <laughs> creepy. It's actually, I, I actually didn't get scared, but I was reading all the comments and everybody said that they got scared when they first saw it. Me and my roommate just started cracking up like, oh my God, of course this would happen to Polly. One of the weirder scenes of the show. Agreed. 
And I don't want to like, we talked so much Paul Walnuts before the draft. And now we're talking a lot now, but just one last thing here is that we talked like uh, previous episodes, like with Gandolfini, uh, Michael Gandolfini playing young Tony, how he, he looks like he has the mannerisms down. Right. And we're, tr- we're going to be looking for those mannerisms with characters and how they act and sound. But I think particularly with Paul Walnuts, like for example, like when he goes with the three o'clock scene or the three o'clock, uh, situation there he goes to the priest and he goes you know how much money i've donated to you like trying to say it's like the religion's fault he's like no more money i'm not donating anything else those are the type of things i want to see in this show and see how like how correlated the show is going to be and like how the act really uh, characters act with them just one more when he goes to the medium and they're talking and he's talking to the guys talking to the spirits <laughs> That, oh! that of the people that he killed that he throws you know the chair at the ghost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, all right, moving forward. That's and a he, he, like Bobby Wallace is also just an OG gangster. He refuses like to like reform to like the new ways, and that like leads to like a rivalry with Christopher, and that leads to even more funnier moments. Like great, mm-hmm. great first overall pick from Ricky Flicks with Bobby Walnuts Nets. Now your second, your first overall. I'm going with, I don't know how long this is going to last, and I think I need to take it. I'm going with the best death, and I'm going with Phil Leotardo's death. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you Jeez. That is, that is the most satisfying death for a character that you do not like that I've ever seen in my entire, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know, actually, because you know what? Like Ramsey good. Bolton, Joffrey, those are pretty satisfying. But Phil Leotardo... The freaking tire man in front of the fam. Oh my god! And the guy in the big, the big puffy coat. He's like, oh, really? <laughs> I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but there's one. This guy, he's in the, he's in Sopranos for two seconds, and it's just him reacting to um, Phil Leotardo's death, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. But that's my first round pick, Phil Leotardo, best death in the show. That was so satisfying to see like that, like that. Cause like Phil Leotardo became such a menacing figure when he was first introduced in the show, he was like, just John, he was, uh, uh, Johnny Sachs, like just right-hand man. He was, he didn't really, he wasn't an imposing figure at that time, but then the last two seasons, they really built him up. And like, it's like, it's, he's an all-time actor in terms of like good, like uh, like, uh, gangster movies. And he really showed up. And I, I really think that he was a, force maybe i would say tony's best villain i think that really like uh matched up to him i know johnny sack was pretty good but leotardo in the last season he was an electric factory in my yeah I, I i could think of a couple of people that could that could compare i think there's some good villains in this show mm-hmm. and um he did 20 years i don't know if you guys ever heard him mention that but he had 20 years in the can 20 years in the can but uh, he says it he says it every episode yeah oh, okay. 20 well, years in the can <laughs> But uh, See, I haven't seen the show in so long. God with Phil Leotardo, like, like I think the the big thing that got him like into the show, and I don't want to take any picks, but or take any uh, tease any picks, but with Vito, like his brother in law, obviously that kind of like you got to see Phil Leotardo really go crazy for the first time with that storyline, and then you, you hit really from there, he just took off to get to the top post Johnny Sack, and then really be head to head with Tony and to get to that satisfying death that we Soprano fans love. Right. Good pick. Okay. So now it's on to me. 
Um, I'm going to go a third category here. So three picks, three different categories. I'm going to go with worst character. Um, this one is like one of the deeper ones, which is shocking that there's worst characters for one of the best shows ever made. Um, but I'm going to go with Olivia Soprano as a first round worst character. She is unbearable, boys. Absolutely unbearable. I know we're going to talk about potential storylines. Her versus Tony. I just, I'm rewatching the show again because I want to like refresh myself for this draft. I just finished season one again. Olivia Soprano in the last episode. First of all, her and Corrado literally put a hit on Tony, right? And she only, she only puts a hit on Tony because she can't stand him. She can't stand him. Corrado <laughs> somewhat has a point. But then the part where last episode of the season, she has a quote unquote stroke, which she probably doesn't actually have. And right. Tony just goes off in her face, off in her face. It is so satisfying. Tony at, it's so satisfying in the moment, but then she starts smiling. She starts smiling because she's like, oh, like I got I got you riled up. I got you riled up. Yep, I did try and put a hit on you, even though you're my son. And Tony just goes ballistic. So, like, she is unbearable. I feel like every time she speaks, I want to punch the wall. But <laughs> this is one of the deeper categories, maybe the deepest, which is so weird. But Livia Soprano, first rounder for me. I wish the Lord would take me now. Oh, she has some great quotes. Oh, poor you. She runs over her freaking friend. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, she's always playing the victim. She knows what she's doing. Like, she is... Fakes Alzheimer's? Fakes it. Um, But the one scene that gets me every time with Olivia that makes me, even though, like, I hate her. She was my number one in this category, so I love the pick here. But the one thing I remember from Olivia besides like the quotes is uh, when they go to that wedding, when it's the federal indictments are looming and mm-hmm. goes up to like the, the guy, Tony's friend, the, the dad, the white, the, the guys who's the wife is uh, dad and says like, you're still seeing other woman <laughs> like right at his daughter's <laughs> wedding, right in front of Tony and Carmela. Like that's just the type of person she is. She knows what she's doing. She knows the trouble she's getting in and getting other people in. And that's why you hate her so much. So great pick. Yeah. And like I, the real actress did die before season three was filmed. And I read on a Screen Rant blog that uh, I don't know how true this is, but they wanted to have uh, Olivia testify against Tony mm-hmm. in the third season. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. And what if like the Alzheimer was kicking in, if that was actually true or not, would she stick it to Tony? Would she actually become a good mother for once in the show? Probably not. Like it would have been amazing if she just went show against him in trial. trial. Show could have completely changed. Absolutely. It would have. And uh, another thing I was reading about was uh, David Chase based this character off his own mother. Yeah what how how, like wild is that like imagine she watched this i don't know like that must have been depressing for her to watch jeez did she put a hit out on him or maybe it wasn't that dramatic oh my goodness Mm, uh good pick so next pick i want to do i'm gonna go with a storyline i think i'm gonna go with a storyline and i'm gonna go season two i'm gonna go tony's bout with richie april as my storyline because there's so much to unpack there because tony hates richie so goddamn much and then richie is just a thorn in the side like absolute jerk the entire time and my favorite sub like sub 
story within their feud is the jacket. The jacket makes me laugh every time I think about it. How like he gives him the jacket and Tony hates him so much. He gives away the jacket, refuses to wear it after ja- after April keeps telling him to wear it. He's like, who gave you that jacket? Like Tony gave me this. It looked nice. And it's just like, that eventually ends. And like, you think, he, I mean, Richie April ends up being engaged to Tony's sister. And so it's like, imagine if they were family and they had to deal with one another. And then I'm not going to tease any picks, but he comes to an unexpected ends that Tony really isn't responsible for whatsoever. It was kind of shocking. So that I think Richie Aprile is an underrated villain, especially in the early parts of the Soprano. I know we just talked about Phil Leotardo, but I do love the storyline of Tony versus Richie because that wasn't really there in season mm-hmm. one, right? Yeah. And his intro to like, he was the start of season two. And he just start, started the season and his introduction as a character with a bang by going into Beansy's Pizza Parlor and just slamming a pot of coffee on him. And, psychopath. Yeah, just psychopath, psychotic behavior. And in season two, you could say, um, or I, I would say, that was when Tony's uh, panic attacks, anxiety attacks were at its worst. And it's because of that rivalry that of Richie Avril and how much he, just he was got so annoying to him. He's absurd so, on the side. So I do yeah. think that is a great storyline. Um, not my favorite or um, my number one, but it's definitely up there and I, it is deserving of the second round. Yeah, it's such an unusual category. It's not like it's like you can't really find a bunch of lists on these storylines. A lot right. of times it's like you're just like re- trying to remember the show. I'm about to start season two. I'm about to rewatch this storyline again, and I'm very excited to do that. I'm going to start that right after we finish this pod. Uh, Nez, I think you had a thought, and I interrupted you. Um, I, I think it's cool. I, th- I thought he was a great addition to the show in terms of being a good villain. I feel like every season kind of has, like, that main villain that, that mm-hmm. it, uh, Tony's going against. Like, I think the first one, it's Junior, and the second one, you know, it's Richie um after that it's um uh what's his name ralph cifaretto after Mm -hmm. that i mean uh you know i I wouldn't say it's directly jackie jr but i think he was the villain of of one of the seasons um and then you know obviously philly otardo johnny sack so like each time there was like a a good antagonist but i don't know i think richie might might have been one of the best ones because he was supposed to be on his side you know i I don't know It it was pretty interesting it almost seemed like Richie was never supposed to reach that point. Like he was never supposed to be like a potential boss or a captain. Like he wasn't ever supposed to reach these heights, but he kind of just wills himself to do it. And then like, he's a character that the audience like has such a disdain for, but I would never put him on like a worst character category Mm -hmm. because I think the acting job was actually really good. Right. Mm -hmm. Olivia Soprano. Yes. The acting. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say. Yeah. So like Olivia Soprano, like the acting's not bad, but I just can't listen to her whine and do these things. Richie Aprile, I can do this because I know it's going to like set a fire to Tony or it's going to make Tony want to go in a shell. Like it's going to cause a reaction to Tony and that's the whole show, you know? Yeah, I hear you. So Nez, we're on to your second pick. Well, just go, you know, just piggybacking off of that. I'm going with my number one ranked worst character in the show, my most hated character in the entire show, and that's Janice Soprano. I despise this character more than anybody in the entire show i think she is a leech i think she uses people she's a sociopath in her own way and i honestly just cannot stand her and by the end of it she's just like livia at the end it is it was it was it was interesting i don't know if you guys remember like 
her last scene, but she's basically saying like, nobody, nobody ever thanks me for anything. Nobody cares about me. And she's miserable just like her mother. But um, yeah, my le- absolute least favorite character in the show. Can't, can't, cannot stand her. I, and I was a little upset that she survived the show. Yeah. She's just the ultimate schemer. She's the ultimate yeah. schemer. All she does is she just wants to scheme around and get Tony's money or just somehow like with the, I think perfect example, the records, the Olivia's old records and Tony gives them to the Russian, his Russian uh, girlfriend's sister. And then she steals his pro- her prosthetic leg just for the records. Yeah. That's so like, messed up. Yeah. Messed up. Um, she's just a sociopath. She's like the same thing as Olivia, just younger. And I feel bad because she ends up marrying one of the nicest characters, if not the nicest character in the, in the, in show. the show, Bobby Bacco. Like, come yeah. on. Like, true. so sad. And just one more last thing here. It might just be picky. I freaking hate that Rolling Stones tattoo. Hate it. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> so bad. Uh, Janice, like, she's all in it for herself the entire time. She abandons Selfish. the family. And, like, the whole, like, like, the whole point of Sopranos, like, it's a theme on family. And it's, like, staying together. And she's the one that is the outsider. And when she's only with family, she's looking to get something out of it. And then... Speaking of like, she always like annoys Tony, even when she's like unintentional, like when she's like uh, having relationships with uh, Ralph Cifaretto and uh, Richie Aprile, like yeah. she's like almost trying to piss him off and it's very annoying, but she ends up Bobby, Bobby Bacala and he honestly deserves so much better. <laughs> yeah, so he does. He does. He was a, uh, he, he's a sweetheart. Yes. But yep. That's my, uh, Oh, can I talk? Oh, there's one more Janice, uh, boyfriend yeah. that that was one of my favorite characters in the show have you heard the news he has risen the guy with the pony the church guy with the ponytail that came to like Thanksgiving. oh yes oh my god i can't believe it yes. <laughs> with, with Michael about. he goes to sunday dinner oh, oh my god tired. <laughs> what a weirdo but I, I can't believe that she had a relationship with that guy too <laughs> so he's like what a freak <laughs> <laughs> what a freak! Uh, good pull, Ricky Flex. Your second rounder. Okay, so I'll pick worst character last, since you both already picked it. So I'm gonna go Tony moment. Tony moment. Um, can't pick any uh, deaths in this, unfortunately. But then, so what I'm gonna go with is uh, when he's beat, beating up Mikey Palmisi and he grabs the stapler and staples oh, his parking ticket on, on him and on his suit. And that's the time when Junior's like, it's uh, when Jackie, Jackie's, uh, Jackie Aprile, um, the, the, the boss, he's dying uh, from cancer and who's going to take over Jersey. And they're just trying, and Corrado and him or uh, Tony are just trying to, like Tony just wants peace and Corrado's like, don't come in here unless you're packing next time. And mm-hmm. he just puts all his anger out on Mikey Palmisi and he walks out of the, uh, the restaurant and sees everybody surrounding Mikey and he's just, he can't get up or anything. So that's <laughs> going to be my, my Tony moment. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a second pick. Also hey. one of the, the, the antagonists of the, of the show, that guy. I just watched his death. Um, in the the season finale, season one, <laughs> just watched it. It's nice. great. Uh, 
Yeah, and that that guy is like kind of he just comes up like the guy's the guy is just annoying to like listen to. Uh, I know like it's not just Tony who hates him; it's pretty much the entire like mafia community, right? That mm-hmm. just can't stand this dude. It's pretty. His death is kind of satisfying too when he's running, and then Silvio and Chris. Uh, no, sorry, Polly Walnuts and Christopher track him down, big time. All uh, right, and then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go death. And when you say best death, I'm not saying I liked it. I'm just saying this one was just the shit. Like for me, most shocking. Did not see it coming the first time I saw it, and it released the who it is. And I'm taking Christopher Moltisanti. I think that is the one that got me the most, and that's why I'm gonna pick it first. That might be uh, unique, but I just think that the way Tony does it. Tony does it to Christopher, a character who we saw his beginning to end. Like, we're not getting a prequel with Christopher Moltisant. We saw the beginning and mm-hmm. the ultimate end of Christopher. We saw one of the few characters we saw the whole development of. And Tony, the one doing it and the way he does it, like, Tony was seeing him as the future head of the family, and he's the one that uh, does him in. So I think that one was the one that got me and hit me really hard. I'm going to go that one as my death. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of layers to that. Um, Like you said, you know, Tony sees him like a a future head of the family, like a son. Um, But he just became too much of a liability. And it's almost foreshadowed earlier on. Um, I know he talks to Junior about, you know, Moltisanti. And Junior's like, you should just get rid of him, kill him. And Tony's like, no way, I can't do that. There's no way I'm going to do that. Um, but at the end of the day, Junior is right. He was too much of a liability. He did have to, you know, take him out. I, it's shocking. It was like at that moment, because it's kicked off the second half of season six, I believe. It's like the first episode of the next, of uh, the second half of the season. So honestly, I didn't see it coming. I thought Christopher was going to make it at least a little bit longer. It, it, I almost feel like it's, it was, it, I saw it coming. I think the audience kind of saw it coming because it seemed like, Tony and Christopher loved each other, but didn't like each other. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is like their family, Tony wants him to be like the next head of the family. He wants him to be like the boss someday, but at the same time, he resents so many of the decisions he makes with his life. A lot of times Christopher doesn't agree with the way Tony runs the business, but it's also shocking because t- like Christopher chooses Tony over the love of his life at one point in the show. And it ends up leading to the demise of, the love of his life. So mm-hmm. it's like interesting. Like, that's why I think like they like literally like they like, they don't like each other, but they will stand for each other. That's why the death was so shocking at the time. And it was so violent. Like how, how Tony did it is staring in, in Tony's eyes as he's like strangling him. It's kind of messed up. Like it's, 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 it's hard to watch. Yeah. And you knew like, he, I, I'm not saying I didn't think Christopher was going to live through the season. I did think he was going to die at some point. And mm-hmm. I, the one time I did see it uh, where I, I first thought of it was when he was getting made and you see the black Raven or whatever, when he's getting made, he's going crazy. And the rest of the episode it's him like thinking about that. So I did think he was going to die just by the hand of Tony did not see that coming. Wow. Great scene. Uh, Nez, we're on to your third pick. Ooh. All right. Let's see. Um, I'm going to go with the best Tony moment. 
And I'm going to go with Tony getting arrested by the FBI. Every time Tony gets arrested in the show, I could pick. But every time he gets arrested, he gets arrested like an absolute boss. He just like is like cursing out the feds, cursing out the police, and just like saying like, F you, I'll be out in a couple hours. Like, I don't know. So him getting arrested by the FBI, always entertaining. And he just acts like such a boss, like like nothing matters, like he's going to be okay, even if he is stressed. Because he, he does know he's going to be okay. You know, like unless mm. they get him on a Rico, he knows he's good to go. And that's mm. what he always says. Like, he always, if I don't get me on a Rico, whatever, don't get me on the Rico. And they're like, they're good to go. So I like that. And he, there's been a couple of times he's been arrested, but you mm-hmm. know, he's going to, he's going to get out scot-free. Yeah. Like the only time he was like, I think the one time he was really worried was when him and pussy did that hit on the kid that shot Christopher. Um, and they had the eyewitness. Uh, come in and say, yeah, saw Tony, yeah. And pussy. And that, I think that was the one time he actually thought like, oh, I might be in trouble here. But the eyewitness, they didn't even have to like go to the eyewitness and like rough them up themselves. The eyewitness found out it was Tony Soprano and then backed off him on his own. I think that was like the one time when he was actually scared. But I, I do like the pick. Yeah. I didn't think of that, but that's good. Some Tony Soprano just acting like a complete boss. Big I just... Tony I just is. thought of a I just thought of a Tony moment that's easily my number one, and I I'm mad I didn't pick it. I just thought of it, not happy with myself. <laughs> All right, now it's on to my third pick. I'm going to go with character. I'm going with one that's gonna. It's more me going with my heart. There's like two characters I might be above it. But I'm going with Junior Soprano, Corrado Soprano for best character. Um, as said before, I find him to be the best comic relief alongside Polly Walnuts. I do think he has the best one-liners. I did say before I was quoting them to Ricky Flicks all yesterday. Take it easy. We're not making a Western here. You're right? So it's just like those type of lines. Old school gangster. Uh, yeah, I just can't wait to see him in the Many Saints in Newark. I think I've said enough about Uncle Junior. Yeah, iconic hat. My, my favorite character. First time I saw Junior, like watching The Sopranos and seeing Junior, I was like, oh, that, that looks like the Six Flags guy. Yes. Yes. It does. <laughs> That's just my first thought when I saw it, but then fell in love with the character soon after. So forgot about him. And it's like after he kills Tony, it's, it's like I don't lose love for Uncle Junior because he actually is going through an illness, a sickness. Like I have a lot more trouble with like obviously Livia and how he treats Tony than I do with Junior and Junior also. It's just hilarious how he's like always jealous of Tony too. At the same time, he's like literally 20, 30 years older than Tony. And then he's just like getting upset at him all the time. He wants to be the boss. And then he actually puts a hit on Tony's life, which is kind of shocking. And when he messes up, it's amazing and because he goes to Olivia. I just watched this like episode a couple of days ago. He goes like, he goes like, uh, he does a nice stunt you pulled when you, uh, when you, when you forgot your do- your granddaughter's last name. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, yeah. You went faking the Alzheimer's. And he's like, yeah, you don't remember. He's like, you don't remember. He's like, you don't remember your granddaughter's last name. Yep. And I played shortstop for the Mets and stuff like that. It's just hilarious one-liners. I, literally, I think he might've improvised a couple of those. Mm. Great quotes. You had to. <laughs> On to the fourth, fourth round here. So I need a Tony moment and I need a death. I think for I have two deaths that are just like killing me right now that I really want to do. 
I think I'm going to go with the more emotional death, in my opinion. Ah, nah, screw it. We're going Tony moment. We're going to do the nightcap scene where Tony's kicked out of the house by Carmella. It's maybe what people call like the best acting in the history of the show. Carmella tells Tony about Furio after she finds about finds out about Tony's most recent uh, case of infidelity. Tony goes to the boathouse, right? Starts blaring Dean Martin, making sure he actually possesses the boathouse from that guy from Rookie of the Year. Forgot what the guy's name is, but I just love like that was like the best Tony and Carmella moment. There's some points where I find Carmella a little bit annoying, but she's also a situation where it's like Richie April. She's never in like that worst character category, but she does annoy me at times. And she is like a thorn in the side where it's like, yes, maybe I don't care as much about this, but this is like what the Sopranos is all about. It's all about family. This is when the family fell apart. Yeah. And it's like, you do feel bad for Carmella on one hand, but on the other hand, it's like, I feel like she has to know, like, I mean, her family was affiliated with the mob. So you have to know it, you know, at some point you have, you ha- she knows what comes with it. So, uh, and she reaps, reaps the benefits of it. I-, I think my favorite Carmela scene is when she goes and she like intimidates the, um, Georgetown lady to write the le- letter of recommendation oh, yeah. with the pie. Yeah. Yeah. She starts, she kind of like acts like a more polite Tony Soprano in that situation. I don't know, but yeah, that's off the rails. I, I like that scene too. That's a good, that's a great, um that's a great really intense dialogue scene where they really just lay it all out there yeah because like other times where like um carmella addresses the infidelity tony says like get out of here like after he starts talking about it then there's maybe one more line then the conversation ends this one's like a full out like obviously violent outburst from both of them just going off it ends up like this whole show has been about keeping the family together no matter what it causes stress on tony Right. Enough to the point where he's going to see a therapist about it. And this is where it literally all falls apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think with the show, it's like you have the mafia side and you have the family side. And then you also have the psychiatrist side. So obviously Melfi and Gandolfini are Lorraine Bracco and Gandolfini are carrying that. And so and then the crew, the Soprano, uh, Tony Soprano and the crew are carrying the mafia side. But Carmela is really the soul behind the family side. And this is where it all fell apart. So I think it's a good pick. And this is what, like, I, people always say Sopranos is, like, adopting a lot of the things from Goodfellas. This is where Sopranos differentiates itself. Goodfellas, there was never a sense of Henry Hill actually really caring about his family, ever, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't even spend time with his family in Goodfellas. The Sopranos brought that, that element to it where it was a lot more personable, relatable, mm-hmm. and gave you a look inside an actual life of a mobster. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ricky, let's go on to your. I mean, sorry, oh, excuse Nez. me, Nez, your fourth pick. All right. So, what I've done best, Tony moment. I'm going to go with my best character here. I'm going with. All right. So, when I first started watching the show, my roommate told me Polly Walnut is going to be your favorite character. That didn't end up being true. My favorite character is Silvio Dante. And let me tell you why. First of all, his facial expressions are absolutely top tier. His hair, top tier. His style, the way this dude dresses, absolutely top tier. His, oh, <laughs> best in the show. He's got the best one. I, I don't know if you go back, watch the tape. He's got the best, oh, in the show. Anyways, um, the scene, oh, my God. The scene where he's playing poker, I can really relate to that. Where he's playing and, and the guy's sweeping cheese up. I love cheese. I stuff provolone in my socks every night. 
<laughs> he is hilarious in his own right. And he is completely, he's the most, absolutely the most loyal character to Tony in the show. Um, he respects the rules of being a gangster, being a mobster uh, more than anybody in the show, more than Tony even, because Tony breaks a lot of rules himself. And I don't think he breaks the rules. He's got, you know, he, he, he's just a very smart, loyal and good character who is, is I think, one of the most respectable characters that there was. I know when I first started watching Sopranos, I told Ricky Flicks I liked Sylvia more than Paulie, and he was actually a little shocked with me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I little same with me. Yeah, I just I think it goes back to what we were, you were saying before, Doctor, where you were talking about how just the acting experience, you could really see how he didn't have any uh, before the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And like with the Paulie Walnuts, you can't. Like, I just think there's a clear like quality difference. And I didn't. I didn't see that. I thought that. I thought that the corny factor crazy. for me with Sil. <laughs> I uh, I see your face. I know, but I don't know. I just didn't didn't uh, appeal to me the same way as you guys. I guess, but um, no, I do love Sil. And I think people forget. Like you were just saying how uh, about how he honestly might be more like traditional like gangster than Tony. People forget how cruel like Sil is. Like he kills Adriana. Like the bada bit, like bada bings, basically, like he runs that, and he was yeah, like, hitting no, girls. Yeah, like he was hitting girls. Like he was like keeping them in line, quote unquote. Like he's a cruel character. Like he's not necessarily the nicest guy. Like they pull me back in, like all the funny <laughs> dude, books and everything. He dude, he's the like, boss when Tony gets uh, is in a coma. He's the boss. Yeah, and it just seems odd. It, I don't know, just the way he looks. Nothing, I don't see him as a boss. Every, everything fails. Yeah. Everything fails when he tries to do it as the I boss. thought he did good as a boss. Did he? I I, I thought I remember him not doing well. Uh, maybe I'm just misremembering. But uh I thought he did well, but maybe it's just because it was my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> but I know he's getting like fitted with by his wife and like he's putting the suit on him. Yeah. He's, like, his shrug, he's like Yep, yep. But no. even then, he was like, "It's this is under bad circumstances. I wish I wasn't the boss right now." Right, he's mm-hmm. a, he's the right hand man, the consigliere, right? A, a, mm-hmm. a Silvio Dante. Um, yeah, I, I was going between him and Junior, but I had to go with my heart with Junior. A good pick. <laughs> uh, fourth rounder for you, Ricky Flex. Okay, so I'm gonna go with um, storyline, and I know it was only. Two seasons, but it's got to be Tony versus his mom. I know you took Livia as a worst character, but just like trying to have your son whacked is messed up in itself. And that's like what started like the panic attack, the anxiety attacks. Yes, he had him when he was a kid, and also his dad did. So it's like hereditary or whatever. But he really like got him once Livia was getting older. And it's not a nursing home, it's a retirement community. (laughs) (laughs) It's a retirement community. (laughs) Oh, good. So I'm going to go with that as my storyline. It's just so memorable and why Olivia is so hated. Great pick. And I, I, yeah, I, that is a good pick. Good feud. I, I was thinking of that feud. That was like, I think my number two behind like him and Richie April. Um, yeah. Like literally Olivia is like pure evil to Tony. And like, as the season goes on in the first one and into the second, like you put, puts a hit on him, the laughing scene, like as she like fakes a stroke, like it's very messed up. She like pretends to like re- misremember her granddaughter's name. It's like really messed up what she's doing. And she's absolutely diabolical. Great pick. All right. And then my last pick, I got to go worst character. 
for worst character, I'm going with AJ. I'm going with AJ. It's like people always say, oh, the worst time to like people love having kids. Right. But like if you had to pick a time where it's like the worst, like uh, the worst age range to have a kid, like teenage years. And that's what you get with AJ to the max. Like just the issues that you get as a teenager. AJ is that, but more so than any other kid in real life. Just a sensitivity factor. uh, Just being dumb to go along with that. Like he's just the dumbest kid alive. And obviously later on in the series, there's like serious things that happen mental health wise, but I'm going before that. Like the, when you're thinking military school, you're stealing, you're stealing wine from the, from school, the Catholic school, just uh, you stole your parents' car and crashed. uh, uh, Throwing the stuff in the pool, throwing the stuff in the pool, the trophy cases, just that part. The car catching on fire. Just, this is just ridiculous. Anti-AJ. Bad character, one of the worst characters. That's my final pick. Yeah, that, that was. I think that was a no-brainer there. Yeah, actually, so. now that now oh, I'll save it for honorable mentions because there's another one that. that I think there are some bad there. ones. I, <laughs> there's some I, other ones. I was toying with one other one, like one like under the radar pick, but I I decided to do something. We'll bring something it up more for, uh, general. Like they, all, all of uh, honorable mentions. They like tried to make AJ interesting in every way possible and it failed every single time. It just kept getting worse. And you thought like, oh, he, he'll get older. He'll get like, uh, you can tolerate him further. No, he got worse. He got worse. <laughs> but he did have one of the most emotional moments with Tony in the show when he attempts suicide. Yeah, right? That, that yeah. is a very emotional moment. Pre-suicide yeah. attempt. Hating. Yeah. It's not like he was a great character like afterwards. It was just a yeah. very emotional moment in Tony. Killed it in that scene, too. Uh, so, Nez, your fifth and final pick. All right. So, when you guys said storyline, I was thinking more like character arc. I guess I, I was thinking incorrectly. So, that's kind of what I'm going for here. And even then, I think this might come off as a bit of a surprise to you guys. So, um, I'm just going to go with Paulie Walnuts just making his way up the ladder. So at the beginning, Paulie, I don't think he's even a capo, or maybe he is, but he—he's, you know, he, obviously he's a made guy, but he's not like, you know, running his own crew or anything. He's just got like his own kind of different things going on. Um, by the end of the show, or at least like the last season of the show, he's like number three in Tony's crew, um, and then. I think in the second to last or last episode, he gets his own crew, even though he doesn't almost doesn't want it. And then if you really think about it, this is really going to Mm -hmm. the end here. If Tony is dead at the end of the series, which we don't know definitively, then that would make Paulie the new boss of New Jersey. Like he would actually run New Jersey. So basically from the beginning of the show, he started out and he's just like, you know, kind of this, just a, a, just another guy in the mafia, but he's, he's a made guy, but he's not like there by the end of the show, potentially. And I'm, I think that Tony died. He's the boss and he he's running New Jersey. So that's just my, that's my say. That's why I think Polly Walnuts has, does have one of the best character arcs or storylines. And I think it floats very under the radar because people don't realize that by the end of it, Polly very well may be the boss of that family. Interesting pick. Interesting pick. Uh, I didn't think about that in terms of like Tony, if he's dead, then, 
Paulie's the guy. I didn't like and Paulie kind of has like like faces demons by the end of the last season. So like yeah. So if they ever wanted to like have Tony Siriaco come back for his own series, who says no? Who says no? Flex, any thoughts? I love Paul. He was the first overall pick of this draft. Um, I didn't think about that <laughs> either. Um, but uh, no, I like obviously the explanation was good. And I think the last season, like you really like obviously him quarreling with himself, like, do I want that leadership role and things like that? So mm-hmm. um, no, I understand it. Okay. So we're on to Mr. Irrelevant and I need a death. This is, I think the death is like the deepest category. This might be like, this is like the steal of the draft, getting your death in the final pick here. And I think there's two that I really want, three that are so iconic, four that I, that are potentially could be picked and a fifth that would just be like a fan favorite one. I think I'm going to go with the one that hits the, hits the most emotionally. And I think I have to go Adriana's death. I think I have to go Adriana's death. So Christopher, I mean, Adriana, like she, her downfall, it's so sad because she's so innocent and she is like, yes, she's a part of this world, but is she actually really involved? Not until she owns the bar. Tony gets a piece of it. Christopher, right, is in this world. He's abusive to her. The feds get to Adriana. She admits to Christopher because she's so loyal to him. This is what's happened, right? I'm being, uh, I, I'm wearing a wire. I'm doing this or that. Christopher then just abuses her, punches her in the face, and then tells her to run away. But then he ends up taking Tony's side. Eventually, Silvio does the business, takes care of Adriana, right? And she's crawling on the ground, eventually gets shot. It is a messed up situation. And I just feel bad for Adriana because she was so innocent. It went through so much. And she paid for staying with Christopher, but she should have left him a while ago. Painful. It's true. Yeah, she like said when she left. Uh, it was it was at uh, Vesuvio's, the new Vesuvio's, when uh, like Christopher freaks out, and then she goes to live with, with lives with her mom, and then Christopher says like I want to marry you, and she goes back. That was the time where you just got to say no. She doesn't. That was the start of her downfall. Yeah, she stuck with him side by side, and then Christopher chooses Tony over Adriana after all Adriana did for her. So it's just heartbreaking because she really wasn't in this world. She was forced into this world, but chose not to leave all right that does it for our draft okay i think we should go honorable mentions by category we'll kind of whip through these um i think while we just went over deaths let's just continue right um i know that sounds really morbid but the one i was debating on taking and there's a couple i'll only say one i wanted to do big pussy's death so bad Mm-hmm. At at sea, the first time Tony's really killing someone from his crew, the inevitability, you're on the sea, big pussy in the back of his mind probably has an idea that this could happen, but everyone else is like in on it, right? They know what's about to go down. It's sad. Big pussy. Go, and like, if you look at big pussies, his arc, he, I gotta stop saying his name so much, but like the, the beginning of the season, the first season, he is kind of like assertive like he is one of the the guys like next to Polly walnuts he's ahead of Polly walnuts right like tony really admires big pussy like they love him mm-hmm. so him to like resort to this and start to kind of get phased out of the picture and then die i thought it was kind of heartbreaking mm-hmm. yeah i thought he was a great character prior to dying too i enjoyed him it was 
Yeah, and he was like the first major death of the show, like big death. And it was only mm-hmm. season two. Like it was, yeah, definitely sad. And obviously, I think obviously jumpsuits, big theme of the show here. He rocked it the best. He oh, did. great. The purple great one. Um, so wait, we're doing deaths right yeah, now? Yeah, so Nez, do you have any deaths for uh, honorable mentions? I think we, what did you get? What did you pick? I picked Adriana. And you picked Bevilacqua, Matt Bevilacqua? I picked Christopher. Christopher. Oh, you picked Chris? Oh, nobody picked Matt. Oh, so Matt Bevilacqua, wait. the guy that, that shot at Christopher, that he, that Tony killed with Big Pussy. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Where, yeah. Is, that's where Big Pussy doesn't pull, do it, right? He does, is, is Tony ends up doing it instead? Right? Tony, no, they both do it. Yeah. They okay. both do it. They, uh, they light him up with like okay. 20 yeah. rounds each. I was it's trying like, to you want, you want, like, can I, get a, can I get a drink? And Big Pussy gets him a Diet Coke. And Tony's like, you want the, you want, you're, you're sure you want a diet? And then yeah. Big Pussy's like, that's all we got left. And then Tony's like, well, that's going to be the last thing you ever taste the diet. Whatever. Boom. <laughs> they shot him so many times. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Richie April. I mean, that one was mm-hmm. like, that shocked me. Yeah, that was that shocked nice. me. I didn't understand. I didn't can't believe that she did that at the hands of Janice. That that was the most shocking moment. And then like calling Tony and like she needs Tony's help. And then Tony being a family man, right? Like I'll help you take care of this. We got mm-hmm. this. And they see him dragging out the body and everything. Right. Like it's it's a it's, it's it's interesting to watch. Yeah, we buried him on the hill overlooking the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Also, um, uh, I remember the first time I was watching that. And then, like, I think the next episode, or I think it might have been the next episode of the one after Lydia dies. And I was just like, wow, coincidence. Like, like Tony doesn't have to kill Richie. And then he doesn't have to go to jail because Lydia's dead and he's not going to testify against him. It was like back-to-back crazy coincidences and surprises like that. I was just like, what the heck are we doing? But I, I did not know at the time that Lydia, the actual actress, died. Mm-hmm. So it made sense. Um, and then two more I had, Ralphie dying. Right, like over the over, like after everything that Ralphie did, it was because of oh my. the horse that he ends up that he ends up dying. The cleanup is hilarious with Christopher, who's high as a kite. Oh. Like when he gets to the, when he gets to the house, and he can't believe yeah. what he sees. Uh, Nez, what are you gonna say? That's um, I have that under my. I'm sorry that I know we're doing it category by category, but just so we know that I have that under one of my best Tony moments because Tony is such an animal lover, and that it's like he he I. I <laughs> I told my friend who's like a huge animal lover. I was like, you can relate to Tony Soprano. And it's just like, so it's like this, like sweet, like girl. And everybody who was around me was like, what the hell are you talking about? And it was just because of the <laughs> animal thing. Yeah. 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 That's a natural you think of when you hear Tony Soprano. Uh, <laughs> but uh, well, with I, the ducks and pie. Oh my. I mean, yeah. I, oh my God. And when he flips out about the, uh, at the intervention about the dog, I ought to strangle you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe the greatest scene. Greatest scene I know show. what it's like to lose a pet. Yeah. <laughs> His head was in the toilet. All soaked. It was disgusting. I almost took the Christopher like battling with drugs as a storyline just so I could have like the intervention, like a part yeah. of that pick. Um, Big time. Or a disgrace to your family and everybody around you. A couple quick deaths, by the way. One, Bobby. Uh-huh. That was a tough one with the train set. Oh, that was With the train set. Right when you started, like he was getting respect, starting to earn. Like that was sad to see, um, and then my favorite building talk- off that. Oh, go ahead. But I wanted to build off Bobby. But I'll just say it really quick. Bobby's first kill. I almost said when he kills oh, the Canadian. Yeah. 
Because mm. I was just like, let's go, Bobby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. we'll continue. He's in it, baby. Um, and then my favorite Tony moment, but like it's a death, so I couldn't pick it. Um, season one, going to Maine with Meadow, and he kills the rat. Oh, that's my favorite. A great one. Yeah. By far, my favorite Tony Soprano scene or just episode is him just like on the hunt for this guy. Like he's that's tr- such a good episode. You're Brutal right. death, unbelievable. Too. Like, ah, unbelievable episode. I love Tony. And then like right when he's like behind him, straight was like, "You got that, you little rat!" And he's like killing him. I love it. So good. Uh, moving on. Uh, worst characters. The only one I really had was Meadow. I had I had that one as another one uh, alongside AJ. I really don't find her appealing. Her boyfriends all suck, and <laughs> uh, I just I have no care for Meadow. <laughs> honestly jackie so, jr speaking of her boyfriend jackie jr is one of the worst characters in the show just Dis- like disrespect jr. i would do it myself <laughs> and they're like why don't you go get his coffees get yeah. out of here <laughs> i hate how would you I, be a hearing checked <laughs> i also speaking of like like guys that tony ends up having disdain for eventually like young guys uh brendan who's who's a uh, multisanti's mm-hmm. first uh like mm-hmm. partner in crime oh. i hate him too um, he he hits on this uh, the girl that's uh, Olivia's Hunter. Uh, yeah, or Hunter. Meadow. You guys know who, who she is? Hunter. She looks so familiar. She's mm-hmm. David Chase's daughter. Wow. No way. Yeah. So like she that was her, and I found oh, her kind of so unbearable maybe, in the show too. Maybe she doesn't look that familiar. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't. Great <laughs> um. Yeah, that's that's what I got for uh. One more. That's what I got for that. Yeah. You know who sucked in the show? Doesn't get enough hate, and no one hates it because of like his profession. His father, Phil. That guy's oh, terrible. Oh, wow. That guy yeah. sucks. Creepy. Yeah. yeah. He's a weirdo. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Uh, I guess when we go from worst characters, let's go to best characters. Uh, now, who are your best characters that we left off? Just list them here. I only had three, which was Sylvia Danto and Polly Walnuts, who, who got picked. And then I, I, I like Tony Blundetto. What? <laughs> the chiropractor? Yeah, the massage. He was a massage therapist. Yeah, massage therapist. <laughs> All right, Tony sorry. He's not a chiropractor, but he was a genius, though. Hey, you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the whole reason Phil Tardo goes yeah. off the deep end. I know, I know, I know. And I, I just like the character. I don't know. He, I thought he was pretty charismatic. I thought he was really interesting, and he added a lot to the show, clearly. Yeah, huge moment. Mm-hmm. I can't believe Christopher Moltisanti didn't get drafted. I, 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 mean, yeah. I, like, I know Ricky Flex isn't the biggest fan. I love Christopher. I think he's great. And a fun fact, Chris, Michael Imperioli, who plays Moltisanti, he wrote a lot of the episodes in the second half of the series. Run. Cleaver. Cleaver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you say. Um, I also had Bob, Bobby, uh, Bobby Bacala is one of my favorite characters. Um, next to that, Furio. Ricky Flex, oh, he hasn't. great. Yeah, oh my god. Punk Furio down. at the the Carmelo Furio thing storyline. Hated that. That's why he couldn't have been picked. But yeah, so, exactly. but, but this that, just that like ruins what, his character but prior yeah, to that the, he's such a G. When he but went Carmelo to the, needed it. Yeah. But uh, I think Nez, what you just said before that like what his first, you see him the first time in the states when like Christopher couldn't get the money from that guy at the salon or whatever the yeah, you know. And uh He's, he's like bust oh. in there. Yeah, he busts in there, just starts it broke the guy's leg. You see the bone hitting the woman. Never I don't condone oh my that. Gosh. But it was insane. <laughs> he was just like, like, that's Italian mafia right there. Like actual Italian. Yeah. Just like, I'm getting this money and then some, and I'm gonna beat you beat you up. Yeah. Absolutely. Um brutal. Oh, oh one, I, 
one more reflex. with me. Just a little joke, a couple joke ones. Hirsch. Hash. 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 I mean, I don't know why I said Hirsch. I, I, I had Hash on my list. Yeah, um, I, thought about, Hash, I thought about that too. Um, well, obviously Pussy. Uh, and, but he's a rat, so you couldn't pick him. But then also, Agent Harris. Low-key. You like Agent Harris. Low-key was good. I actually good. liked him towards the end. Yeah. I was kind of indifferent about he, him. Like when Phil Leotardo, he's very respectful. Like when Phil Leotardo mm-hmm. died, Definitely. he was he was like so pumped. He was like, let's go. Yeah, he was like, we got him. Yeah, That's we got him. We got him. <laughs> yes. Yes. So oh, yeah, that was that was a good moment. Now I'm thinking about it. I have turned the he, tide. I am an agent. He Harris. always tried to help Tony too. Like obviously he was trying to get him in the beginning, but he still like said, like, I want to just, I just want to pay the common courtesy that we're gonna have to probably bring you in. They want to take that Johnny Sack too. Right, right, right. Want to take that Johnny Sack. That's uh true. Carmella. Carmella also is an all-time great character. Uh Phil Leotardo, we've talked about one uh, uh, finally a character just sucked. And in my opinion, and some people might like it in this aspect of the show, but Dr. Melfi, I didn't like her at all in this. I like her in Goodfellas, obviously. Um, and she was actually offered the role of Carmela in this show, but she turned it down due to her relationship to Goodfellas. So that's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of a fascinating factor. That's cool. Um, Tony moments. Uh, do you guys have any on the uh, honorable mentions here? Grabs the pillow. Grabbing the pillow. I think that, that was the one I should have picked. That was a Gra- mistake was by it? me. Grabbing the pillow, like when he find, like when he goes to approach Olivia after like finding he out, throws the pillow at the nurse. Yeah, like Wait, he, which part? Are you t- yeah, is that like, what you're talking about? When he like Livia, like he finds out Livia like wanted to have him whacked, and he yeah. goes to approach her, her, her himself, and she's having the quote unquote stroke, and he grabs the pillow and is gonna suffocate her, uh, <laughs> and he's like goes right in her face. You mentioned it before when you're talking. He's about like, you try to have me whacked. You try yeah, to have yeah, me yeah, whacked. Yeah, and yeah. screaming in her face. Yeah, and so, the guy's like, please, sir, back off. I'm like, Jesus so that, Christ, you know what's happening right now? <laughs> non Tony like related death scenes uh, because those were ineligible. That was probably like the one I should have picked. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, big one I had uh, the the storm at Vesuvio's at the end of season one, where Tony takes the family. He has them gathered together. He makes the toast. He walks in like it was kind of sorry I got gum in my mouth. It was more of like a full circle thing where it's like the ducks. Where I was always, this is why like watching Sopranos on a rewatch is so helpful. And it's like, it mm-hmm. makes you see things differently. Like, what did the ducks mean? The ducks, they're together. There's a certain amount of them. It almost feels like this is the ducks. You got to keep them together. The family, you got to keep them together. He walked into like the bar, restaurant, I should say. Adriana is sitting at the bar with Christopher. Polly Walnuts and Silvio mm-hmm. are talking together. You got Artie Bucco making amends after he finds out that Tony tried to burn down his, uh, did burn down his restaurant. And then he makes a toast to his family like, hey, these are the yeah. little things you remember. And that is why it connects to the final, uh, the final scene of this show that cuts to black. And that's the things you remember when you watch it a second time. Does it justify the ending of the, of the uh, series? No, but it kind of like helps explain it more. Mm-hmm. For sure. No, that's, that's good. Um, the only other, other Tony moment I had was him beating up Jackie Jr. at the strip club. <laughs> Yes, satisfying. That that was after uh, you saw her she, like with Matt out like when yeah with Matt yeah yeah that's a tough yeah that's a good one. Oh, and also the carjack scene that's a good one. I wrote that down. I wrote that's that down. Carjack one too, season yeah. one. Yeah, that's a good one. Those carjackers the hit. Terrible, yeah. terrible. And then uh, I had one that I don't know if it's like a favorite, but it's a great scene in terms of like. Uh, I like Bobby Bacala here is when they go to the lake house and then Tony versus Bobby in a fight. <laughs> 
It's yeah. like an unexpected Big fight. And Bobby, Bobby holds his own. Burly boy. It's like a sumo wrestling match. <laughs> so, I think we get introduced Bobby. Uh, like, I, I forget like where it is. But like when you get introduced to Bobby. And Tony's, when he gets Tony's, out of prison. Tony Soprano. Like, Tony just goes to him like, like, stop eating sandwiches or get a salad or something. And then Bobby, mm-hmm. like after he leaves, goes like, "Who's who are you talking to? Like, who who are you to talk? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who are you to talk? You just knew that you were gonna love that character. He's such a lovable guy. Yeah, <laughs> big time. To the victor goes goes. What is it? The spoils of war shall go to the victor. <laughs> He's like, why don't you take the quote book and shove it up? Your- <laughs> <laughs> like that's also a junior so good with Bobby Bacala. We're yeah. going back and forth too. With the one liners just ripping on it, Bobby just takes it. Um, uh, also, storylines just like I, we can do a hundred of these. I think we can, should kind of limit it to one each year. But mm-hmm. I had um, Paulie Walnuts versus Christopher. I think that's like the old gangster versus the new gangster. Talk mm-hmm. about Pine Barrens is noted as like maybe the best episode or most beloved episode by Sopranos fans. That's kind of where like you start to realize there's a tension between these two, and it mm-hmm. carries on throughout season like throughout the seasons. But it really starts during that Pine Barrens episode. So I wanted to shout out that episode and that relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Anything else? Um, mine was, cor- you know, I was like I said, I was doing more character arcs, but mine is Dr. Melfi going from trying to help Tony Soprano to being afraid of him, trying to help him again. And by the end of the, of the last season, he, she just totally will not work with him. She refuses to. Yeah. But then also she, like, she like, tries to like, have him help her. Right in that sexual mm-hmm. assault like situation, mm-hmm. which is like fascinating because like you like Tony at one point strangles her like in season yeah. one like it's just crazy how their relationship kind of develops. But Doctor Melfi, I'm just I'm a little like turned off by her, not like her looks or anything. I just like every time she's in a scene, <laughs> like I just like <laughs> she, looks, she looks fine, Karen. <laughs> but she uh she just like every time that scene comes on compared to like maybe like a. Of Cena Satrialis, I'll take the Cena Satrialis just like just the same, you know, yeah, yeah, way more. Mm-hmm. I should say, mm-hmm. all right, that's gonna do it. Oh, I have oh, Ricky, sorry, long draft. I, I said one long before, today. we said one before. I'll just say a quick, funny one, Uncle Junior in the Muff. That's it, yes, <laughs> yes, a good one. I thought about doing that one, but it only lasted one episode, I think, so yeah, yeah. So one episode like storyline there. Um, that's going to do it for our draft of the Sopranos. Let's get hyped for the many saints of Newark review coming next week. Along with, I believe we're doing a double review. Is that right? Boys. Venom post credit scene. Venom two, many saints of Newark. We have fire movies coming week after week, fire reviews. We're about to bring them to you. That's going to do it for this episode of the drive-in. Make sure you follow us at the drive-in pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, let us know you're listening. Post on your story. We'll shout you out on the pod. That's it for episode 56. Until next time, we will smell you. <laughs>